Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One One Podcast. I'm your host Eddie V. Joining me is the newly married man. I should, well, he's been married already, but he is my co-host, my ride or die, bro. Him, the red velvet cake himself, Mister Larry Gibb, the red of the piece. Well, folks, I am totally drinking the good shit. I am getting drunk tonight, and I am straight up drinking a whole bottle of fucking champagne straight out of the bottle. <laughs> That's what I could not tell you. Okay, because when you when I okay, so we was talking earlier, and I seen you swig it, and I was just like, "What is he drinking? Is that the?" It's a whole bottle of fucking champagne to myself. Is that the Moe? <laughs> uh no, that's the uh, Martini. Ah, did y'all go through everything or not yet? No, I've still got this, and I think I got one more bottle of the martini in the uh, in the uh, fridge. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's amazing, dude! I, I literally had a blast, uh, and uh, I was in uh, Larry's wedding party. So, once again, Larry, thank you for having me. Uh, I know oh, one of these things are, wasn't like the other. <laughs> <laughs> you turned Eddie into a Sesame Street racist joke. Oh. Goodness, no! I'm still upset about the little uh the needle thing that you showed me at the mall. <laughs> that mess, dude! I literally okay. So we went out. Uh, we, we saw Jack Reacher's uh Jack Reacher yesterday. Me and my friend, and then we went to Applebee's to go talk. Uh, and I was talking to him about the wedding, and I brought up the needle thing, and I was just like, dude, you would have been upset. They had this needle dispenser where you uh, close to where your baby uh, gets changed at. And because I love my friend because he's my bro him, he's more than just a co-host. He's just like kind of family to me. He put a caption on this mug that I fell out laughing. I mean, I understand why it's there, you know. You know, you, you've got, like, diabetics and shit like me and people that are on, like, you know, anti-rejection meds for, you know, transplant shit and all that. But it's just, you know, it was the placement. And I know I, I, I just, I'm I a terrible human being, and that was the first joke that popped into my head. Oh, uh, that. I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> there, there was a little, like, you know, needle, a uh, uh, sharps dispenser in the uh, in the bathroom at the mall, and it's right next to the baby changing station. And it just, it made me laugh because all I can think is I'm like, you know, I, I'm all for do what you want, but I think we've gotten a little lax when, you know, we're, we're okay with people shooting up heroin at the mall by the baby changing station. Just a mess, a literal mess. And I fell out in with the hairdressers, look, probably looking at me, just be like, this dude, <laughs> oh, and it was just so funny, but I had such a great time, dude, really, if. If I was able to come back again this weekend, I would, uh, or even last weekend, because I was just, uh, the stuff that I should say that happened in your area really wanted me just to drive down and take you guys out to eat. Like, okay, (laughs) let's, I'm like, I'm sorry, let's go to King Garo's or let's go to the Pancake House and let's just, let's have lunch, breakfast, whatever, and just eat and just Relax and feel good. But how are you, though? How are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all right. I'm sitting here playing some Castle Crashes Remastered, realizing, because I, I, I booted it up thinking, you know, I, I hadn't played it yet. I'm sitting here oh. thinking, Castle Crashes was already great. I mean, what else do you do to that? And, I'm, you know, I'm like, 
it's not like it wasn't in high def already. But I'm sitting here playing it, and just like everything looks so much smoother and cleaner. I'm just like, that's. I, I was not expecting it. I, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, what a useless fucking waste of time. You know, when I was looking at it just on my list of available games, and I start playing, I'm like, okay, no, this this is fair. So that and uh, last or yesterday morning, I finally got around to finishing Ori in the Blind Forest, and it's fucking amazing. Oh, oh my god, it's so good. Oh, you're so further than me. I really, I'm sorry. I really need to get to that game and finish it. Oh, are you playing the original? Or are you playing Definitive Edition? I'm playing. Uh, the original, uh, because when I brought my Xbox One, it came with the system. Okay. Yeah, it was the it was the one terabyte combo pack. So I got Gears of War Ultimate, I got the Rare Replay, and Ori in the Blind Forest. So I got like thirty five games on my system. Right on. Yeah, Ori Ori in the Blind Forest is fucking magnificent. Yeah. Like, you can get the Definitive Edition for a whopping 20 bucks, but I would totally spend 50 bucks on that. Hands down, easy. It's beautiful. The gameplay is magnificent. Um, there, there's a few spots that I think could have used a little work, just in terms of uh, fairness and reasonability, but other than that, it's, God, it's so good. Uh. There's, there's no excuse to not play that. Yeah, Every, you know what? Ever since they showed it at E three for X, that that sold me on the Xbox One, and uh, because I'm not a big PC player, I just seen this game and was just like, this is gorgeous. And I'm glad it's not on PS four. I'm sorry, Sony owners, but if you don't have an Xbox One, or if you have a PC, get it on PC. Get it on PC. If you're an Xbox One player, this is a game that needs to be on your system. Like it's. It's beautiful. It's beyond to me. It's beyond emotional and beyond beautiful. It represents kind of what I like about indie games, like just in it's, general. Oh God, it's so good. I want more of it. I, I I have one caveat with that game, really, and I think everybody already bitched about it when it came out in the reviews, and that's the simple fact that for a Metroidvania game that. You, you get to the end and you're locked in. You don't get to go back and go exploring for everything else, you know, that you missed. Yeah. That's that's really the only criminal shame. But beyond that, it's so fantastic. Yeah. The it, music is just oh. gorgeous. The is stunning. The play is phenomenal. It's And, dear God, the, the opening of that will make, like, up. The, the beginning of Up look like a, a fucking happy movie. Yeah. If you have not seen the trailer, you need to watch the trailer to understand the opening. Um, but but actually seeing it live, it, it gives it a new meaning to emotion. Like, relationship. it gives a new meaning to a relationship of being a parent. I should say. Like, you kind of get kind of really get emotional and because I don't have kids or anything like you see how impactful because I don't want to ruin it or anything you see kind of see how impactful what happens to a particular character it's just, it's so well told too you know it's it's a very minimalist story but it's so well told ah uh, yes 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 
Um, it seems that you also tried ReCore, I think. Uh, well, it's it's installing with that enormous fucking update. It's five and a half goddamn gigs. Oh. So I, I haven't gotten to touch it yet. And so I'm sitting here playing Castle Crashers instead. Oh, don't because worry. Because I don't want to try and run my internet connection with that and uh, Skype at the same time. Because it just doesn't go well. <laughs> don't worry, because I fell asleep in, uh, installing Titanfall 2. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. But I have to say Titanfall 2 is high up there. As a, as nominee for gaming, like I will say this: if there's any FPS that I've played this year, it doesn't reach the level of goodness that Silent Fall Two is. And I I am doing a review for it for um uh Team Nerd, so um I'll let people know when that will come out. But it it oh my goodness, I I know I I can't wait to get through the campaign, but I've been telling people it's a mix of Metroid Prime, Super Mar- any 3D Mario game, Vanquish, and uh, Prince of Persia, um, like on GameCube and PS2 and Xbox One, like the, that new version. It's okay. so it's so good. Oh my! Just headshots are wonderful. Guns are the gun. The feeling of the gun is fantastic. Um, I'm so happy that. Um, and this is a part of the review, but um, it, it's not the full review. Um, when you're going for headshots, like when you're being a sniper and you look and do uh, do the uh, eyepiece and stuff, um, it doesn't make you feel like you're drunk or you're being on a ship and just moving around. Like it, it is precise. You get a good feel of it and hit them in the head. Oh my goodness. Um, it is funny, um, gorgeous as ever. Like it really is gorgeous, and I'm playing the deluxe version on Xbox One. So more impressions and more uh, the review will be out. I'm going to be trying to finish it up this week and have like the review out. But oh my goodness, I've been telling a couple of my friends that Guess the War Four got some competition this year. As for our nominee for Game of the Year. Oh, right. oh, for me. So, um, oh, speaking of Prince of Persia, um, well, we were down in Indy last weekend. Uh, we hopped into this uh, little game shop that had just a phenomenal selection, and amongst other things, I found all three Prince of Persia games for the GameCube, complete copies for six bucks a head. <gasps> did you get them? Oh fuck yeah, I did. And on top of that, I also got myself a copy of Flitnik for the PS2, which makes me unbelievably happy. Because if you like anything pinball at all, you need to play Flipnik. Yes. It's kind of like the only pinball game that goes, oh, hey, I'm a video game. I don't have to just be, here's a collection of tables that already exist in real life. You know, it it actually has some brilliantly creative uh, tables that just intermingle. It's like one giant pinball table in this weird 80s neon fantasy trip. And I, I can't begin to explain it in any way that really does it justice, other than the fact that I will never understand that why when that came out on the PS2, that also did not come out on the PSP, because that would have looked great on that screen. I, and it, it would have been a perfect little on-the-go game, too. And it just it boggles my mind. Oh. But uh, on top of that, 
also found myself a copy of Shadows of Destiny for PS2 and grabbed that immediately because I missed that game terribly because it was a uh, PlayStation 2 time-traveling puzzle game that was really fucking cool. I've never heard of that one. uh, Do yourself a favor and look it up. I I was also on the hunt for a couple of other odds and ends PS2 games that I didn't find, like uh, Echo Night Beyond and uh, Blood Will Tell. But I've I've had no luck with that so far. Blood will tell. That sounds familiar. Blood will tell was like this cyber ninja game thing where your character instead of just running around with you know holding swords, like his forearms flew off, and you found out his forearms were sheaths for swords attached at the elbows and shit. And like he would take a knee, and his kneecap would open, and there was a fucking rocket is that launcher. For, is that for is that for uh by Sega? I think so. I have that game. I love Blood Will Tell. Oh, like yes. the whole beginning of the game opens up in black and white because your character doesn't have eyes, eyes yet. Yes. Um his his body parts got taken by by forty eight demons or something like that. Yeah. Okay. That was I I've a hundred percent at that game. Amazing. It's a beat. I it's, love that game. It's if, fucking awesome. If you if you have played Yakuza, it's in that same way. And it's based off a of, off a of manga from japan is based off of that oh my goodness i played that game a hundred percent got everything and fell in love with it because not only is it a beat em up it's like almost like a platform almost open world kind of platform Isn't that game fucking cool as shit though oh yes oh yes i i got my copy um i think for like ten dollars when it was like really available at gamestop because nobody knew about it and i'm just like I yeah. remember reading about this, so I picked up the game. Amazing yeah, from beginning to copy. ending. I, I need a copy of that again because for some reason I know I had one years ago, and I honestly don't remember ever getting rid of it, and I don't know what the hell happened to it. All I know is I don't have one now, and I miss it. Uh, that's oh, when she starts saying describing it, I'm like that title sounds familiar. Yeah, oh, it's such a great, great game. Oh my goodness. Uh Yes. Yeah, you are not alone in your insanity. That that game is actually fucking awesome, and you are not the only person that played it. <sighs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> uh, okay, but you also got I to experience... One of my favorite movies uh, of all time. Uh, they had a copy of Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler for a dollar. Oh my goodness. And if you haven't watched that movie, you need to watch that movie immediately. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. Oh my god, like... I know it's like the thing to to rag on Sandler, but dead serious, that movie is absolutely heart wrenching in all the absolute correct ways. Um, it's I could explain it, but it would ruin it, and it wouldn't do it any justice, anyways. But watch it, and also if you're a fan of Shadow of the Colossus, you need to watch it as well. A game that I need to finish before uh, Lost. I actually need. To you really haven't it. finished that. I haven't finished Eco or Lost Guardian, and I have Lost Guardian. Um, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, Eco, I could take or leave, but Shadow of the Colossus needs to be finished. Well, I my friend has my PS3, so I got to get it back because I have the HD collection of it. And okay, I need to, fair and enough. Uh, I need to get through it, uh, which is so weird. Uh, uh, people haven't heard. Uh, Super Mario Maker for 3DS is coming out December second, four more, four days before the Last Guardian, and I'm kind of like that's a hundred dollars that I gotta spend. <laughs> Because I have to have that for 3DS, and I have to have that, even though I'm buying both versions of Pokemon, I have to have that game, like, like 
now, <laughs> almost. <laughs> and the yeah, last, that's only uh, ten years in the fucking waiting. Uh, the the last Guardian is. Oh, uh, I I don't care if it's bad. I don't even care if it gets average reviews and people don't buy it. I'm getting that game because I've been. No, st- I completely understand. It looks pretty as shit, and we've all been waiting this long for it and thinking that it it probably just you know died somewhere repeatedly along the way. But you know, to to finally at least have it is it, it needs to just be out and be over with. Because yeah. this is this shit's gone on long enough. Yes, yes, yes. Now you also went to the Microsoft store that I that I seen, and you tried I out VR. Did apparently it's the only Microsoft store in the entire fucking state of Indiana to boot. Sure, it uh, might be the only uh, Microsoft store that's that's available to even go at because I can't find none in, in Illinois. Yeah, they 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 said that they were the only actual Microsoft store in the state of Indiana. So, but uh, they had a uh, an HTC Vive uh, VR demo set up, and uh, got to uh, dink around with that. Um, the wife actually really liked it; she quite enjoyed herself thoroughly playing that. Um, I thought it was nifty. I think it handles really well, very competently. There was a couple bits of uh, motion gesture stuff that I don't think read quite as well as it should have uh-huh. uh, for it to do what it was supposed to do. Um, uh, I was playing one of the two demos and uh, trying to like pull my shield out by reaching your hand behind your back and you know pulling it forward like you're pulling a shield off your back and it, it wasn't reading it every once in a while. And But beyond that, I mean, it, it played really competently. I was actually pretty impressed. Um, I think there are some visual fidelity issues to be had there, at least with mm. the, the Vive. I can't speak to anything else because I haven't played anything else, but I will say that on the Vive that I played, um, you know how, like, if you look at the uh, the Wii U uh, gamepad, the screen on there, you can see, like, the little dots, you know, or the little yes. crosses? Yes. I, you can see a lot of that on the, uh, you know, on the display on the Vive. And I'm just like... You know, it, it doesn't look bad, but man, if I was in the middle of something, you know, great and bright, that would be entirely distracting because at that point it just makes it kind of look grainy. And it's like, uh... you, know, you know, for as much as you're going to charge somebody for this, you should fix that. But it, it was a neat experience. Um, also, I was a complete dick and I was playing around on one of their th- uh, Xbox One displays that had YouTube sitting up and immediately there was uh, waiting to be queued up was the trailer for Breath of the Wild, so I sat there and started putting Nintendo trailers on at the Microsoft Store. <laughs> I love you so much. I really love you so much. Because uh, I kind of would have did the same thing. Especially, I'd be like, hmm, the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and just straight throw that on there. Um, yeah, much. How Did you go to the Xbox One section? Like, did they have games for sale uh, there? They, they did. I, it was a... Uh... Honestly, it was kind of a fairly standardish selection. Um, there, there wasn't really anything super outstanding there, other than like you could actually go hands on with the you know the two hundred dollar elite controllers. Yeah, um, which they're they're neat, but I still wouldn't pay two hundred bucks for it. Um, but that's just me at this point. So, but I mean, it was a, a decently stocked selection. But pretty much all the stuff there was primarily like the the first party Microsoft stuff. Um, 
you know, but pretty much any first party Microsoft game you want, you could find without having to, you know, think about it. It was there, but really, honestly, it was more like just a, a corner of the store. Oh, wow. so did they have the uh, Xbox One S up there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How does it look in person? A whole lot fucking smaller than this giant like murder weapon that I've got sitting <laughs> in front of me. Yes, me and so, me and Larry both have the it's Xbox One. Considerably smaller. So I mean, if you're uh, if your entertainment center space is at a premium, it's it's not a bad thing. But I, I can't say that it's really a necessity. Uh, I also don't like the fact that it's in white. But again. Like all the other stuff up on my entertainment center, like my Wii U and my PlayStation Two, and you know everything else is fucking black, save for the exception of my GameCube, which is silver, but it's still got a black Game Boy Advance player on the bottom of it. So there are they they will be coming out with a black Xbox One S. Um, there's pictures of it that they show. I just don't know when. Probably for a holiday, and uh, hopefully Black Friday, because that would that would kind of be cool. Black Friday, uh, black Xbox One S. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice piece of hardware. It's a lot it's a lot more reasonable than the the original. So I'll give it that. All right, and that's kind of that's what we've been playing, catching up on and and, and enjoying. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, one more thing. I am getting Call of Duty uh, Infinite Warfare this Friday. Uh, or I'm, I'm not calling it that. I refuse to call it that. Well, from now on, it'll only be known as Call of Duty Infinite. What the fuck? <laughs> well, can I tell you what, the reason? The reason why I'm only getting this game is because we got a T-shirt in at my job that looks really nice, and you only could get the T-shirt by buying the game. So I'm buying the I'm game. I'm not gonna lie; like I kind of want to play it just because it reminds me, from what I saw, of like some of the zero G sections of Dead Space, mm-hmm. and I like that, but. Uh, beyond that, uh, I don't know. It's still fucking weird to me. Um, uh, maybe I'll red box it at some point, but I can't commit to fucking buying that. I just can't do it. Well, I, I'm not a big Call of Duty uh, person, but I, I wanted just for the T-shirt. So that's it. Yeah. Well, like I said, there there are parts of that that I saw that I actually want to play. They look interesting. For oh, I don't care nothing time. about. Look, look, I don't care nothing about it because I got Titanfall too. I'm good to go. I just want to, I mean, I'm going to get the game, play it, be like, okay, that was good, that was fun. Anyone who needs help or want to do multiplayer, I'll do that with them. That's completely fine. But you see my nice pretty t-shirt? Yay! <laughs> and, and that's pretty much and it. guess for you getting that on uh, X-Bone. I get it on Xbox One. Yeah? Yeah. Like, my PS4, like, the next game that I'm getting for it, uh, it's the last guardian. I'm still debating on Final Fantasy 15. Um, I kind of I'm going to wait for the reviews and see what people say which version runs better. Um, I tell you what, man. If you're getting that on Xbox One, like four to six months down the road when you're bored of it and you're not playing it anymore, just like FedEx it to me. Oh, you know, I'll fuck around with it. Oh, trust me. Uh, probably when I'm done with it, two weeks after I'm done playing with that game, you'll probably see it in the mail and be like, just ship it back when you're ready. <laughs> so um but we're actually going to get into the show um this episode we're actually going to be doing like we kind didn't of... start yet the fuck have we been doing 
<laughs> we're, we're, we're getting into the topics. We recorded uh, that shit, right? Yes. Off on like 25, 50, 30, whatever time it is. Uh, but we're going to get into the show. Um, this episode, we're actually going to be doing three topics. So it's kind of a news episode. Um, and that's just responding. Normally, we do topics and we're other stuff. And we pretty much could talk for an hour or two and just have y'all record it. But I'm not at the house. We can talk for an hour or two about that song, Go Robot. Oh, we can, but uh, you know, you'll probably just end up dropping it into uh, into the episode, and I'll probably just start replaying it and listening to it over and over. Such a good song. We was talking. Okay, before we get into the show, the topics got you running up. Uh, there. I don't know. It, it might just be me, but there's been a resurgence of '80s pop sound, and it sounds really good and catchy. Um. Uh, the, Cart- the uh, new Daft Punk album was a lot of like very old school reminiscent uh, yes. sound too. Um, Cardi, any stroke uh, imagination. Some people might laugh at me, but Cardi Ray Jepsen's "Emotions," uh, her second album, "Emotions," it's an '80s pop sound. It's amazing, drop dead amazing. It's so good. But she also released an album of, of B sides, um, like a little EP completely amazing dude like from i was just like this might be my album of the year when it came out and emotions beat side b is is literally bunkers and crazy it's just so good it's just something about the 80s pop sound of now that it, it just sounds good to dance to and drive along so uh red hot chili peppers I, um i, I- but I can't put that that album in my in my contention for album of the year though because I, I've got two high contenders because you know Blue October's got their their new album Home out this year back in uh, April mm-hmm. uh, April or uh, March somewhere right in there or, no April and that's actually still been sitting impressively well on the charts to the point they actually had to cancel uh, a bunch of uh, overseas shows uh, and postpone them to next year. Because the album is still tracking upward in the charts, like really some weeks after, like it's it's still sitting in the in the top thirty, and it's climbing. That's the thing is it didn't start there and start going down. Uh-huh. It started in like you know the the fifties and started climbing up, and, definitely, and it has continued to do so because they started their tour what party two months ago or a little bit uh, back in May. Back in May, okay. Um, yeah, I just went and saw the uh, one of the first shows of the uh, the new tour back in May, uh, down in Cincinnati. Oh, nice! And I'm going to go see them uh, in two more weeks, and I'm so happy! <laughs> I can't wait. You you are in for an experience unlike anything else. And uh, the other one has not actually released yet, but uh, I've been jamming out to it for the last week. Um, I was kindly gifted a copy of the upcoming uh, Emperors and Elephants album and it's fucking spectacular. Really? Uh, I didn't know they was working on yes. I didn't know they was oh, working on a new finished. album. They just haven't put it out yet. Is it uh so it's been mixed and mastered, right? When it comes out, uh the couple, the the couple of songs that you need to uh listen for specifically, uh Porcelain Kiss is fantastic and Chicago was so good. Oh my God, I love Chicago. Uh, and so, um, but like everything else on there is great too. I've I've got maybe one or two small qualms with with like two songs, but one of them has even started growing on me, and the other I'm still mixed feelings about. But I, I I've already been chatting with Jesse about it. Just you know, said hey, 
it's it's not that it's it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's fucking phenomenal. I can't stop listening to it. It's just that you know the this one thing seemed like a, a missed opportunity to me. And thank you, Larry, so, for introducing me to Jesse because I fell in love with him. He is he is so downright. Uh, just humble and amazing and charming. Like I know he has a girlfriend, but I was just like, I just want to marry you right now. <laughs> uh, because we, because uh, me and Jesse, we talked about Bioshock, and then we started talking about Mass Effect too, and we fell in love. And I, that was just like, you are so down to earth. Like, oh, hopefully one day we do have him on World One One. Um, uh, I, 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 I really appreciated him. He is. Just an amazing guy, wonderful singer. Um, so, Emperor's Elephants. Did he give you a date on when the um, album is dropping or anything? Not as of yet. I think they're hashing out some final details. Uh, I know a lot of that got uh, kind of hung up in the works when Jeff passed. Oh, so, that's right. Uh, and it basically got finished not long before Jeff passed. So, okay. Um, well, hopefully, yeah, um, finishing that out. And actually, the uh, the producer on that album is the uh, guitarist for uh, Tantric. You told me that, yeah. Oh, yep. wow. Scott Wilson. He's the one that's been producing that album for him, and it's it's phenomenal. When uh, when we saw uh, Tantric and a handful of other bands uh, about a month or so ago, uh-huh. we ran into Scott and we, Christine and I, both had Emperor's uh, shirts on actually. And Scott Spiders was like, holy fuck, I need pictures with both of you. And uh, we got talking. And uh, so I was like, no, we're we're friends, actually, with everybody. We know a lot of them. Oh, no, so, that's the picture that you showed me when I was there, right? Because, um, yeah, that was the picture that you showed me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, but, yeah. Because I think he's going to. But uh, I tell you what, before we go any further, why don't you hit the pause button on the recording? We'll take a break. And uh, we'll, we'll jump back into it and go a little deeper with something other than music as much as I, I can still, you know, stand to talk about music all goddamn day long. But uh, you can just take a break, and I, I think maybe I'm just going to listen to fucking Go Robot. Okay, and we'll be right back. I don't take these things so personal
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to World Woman Podcast. It's me and Larry. We just got done listening to some music and having some business and jamming out. But we're actually going to get into our first uh, discussion for today. Um, our first topic uh, is Bethesda's Game Review Policy. Um, and before we get into that, I kind of want to read you guys uh, what, they're, what they said about it and why this is kind of a big uh, problem. Um, this is coming from, uh, give me one second. This is coming from Bethesda's global content lead, Gary Steinman. And he writes, at Bethesda, we value media reviews. We try to learn from them where they offer critique and we understand their value to our players. While we will, while we will continue to work with media streamers and YouTubers to support their coverage, both before and after release, we want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our games at the same time. We also understand that some of you want to read reviews before you make your decision, and if that's the case, we encourage you to wait for your favorite reviewer to share their thoughts. And what Bethesda decided to do is that um, the media would not get review copies of the games uh, early. They would get them the day before the actual game release. Um, so I posed to uh, Larry uh, because they said it was successful when they tried out Doom. But a lot of the companies, a lot of media reviewers had to actually go out and buy the game themselves before they can actually review it. So you have a lot of websites that say review in progress. Um, and I don't know if this is a good thing or if this is a bad thing, but, uh, Larry, should we care or should we be more concerned about this? I think it's a stupid thing. Like, seriously, you're, you want people to, you know, buy your game and you want them to, uh, you know, put out reviews so that people will, you know, go, oh, this is a great game. I should go buy it but you won't let anybody start working on the game to review it until a day before it comes out. I think it's dumb. 100% stupid. But, you know, that's just me. And, well, do you think that because it's Bethesda that it's one of those, because we're a more recognized company because of Fallout or, you know, because of our name, we could do this and get away with it? Uh, because I think because to me this brings concern um that are is your product actually finished or do you really just want to be like well we want everybody to play so uh when the game comes out we could throw all the patches and everything we said now you got the somewhat full version of the game that we expected to you know that you guys wanted to play like let's be honest what game is actually finished when it comes out anymore seriously what was the last time you bought a fucking game and you didn't need to download a day one patch for it you know to to play it so it, it's dumb to me seriously just send them the game give them like a week to put together a review and consider this is Bethesda we're talking about let's look at the the types of games that they normally put out you know, these are usually fairly sizable. You know, I'll say there's probably an exception for Doom because we're talking about, you know, uh, just a, a run of the... I'm not doing it any justice, but I'm going to say it's a run of the muck shooter, you know. Yeah. But, you know, what was 
when was the last time a shooter really took you more than a couple days to finish anyways? I, I don't think that they're going to do themselves any favors with this. It's stupid to me. But I, nobody cares about my opinion anyways. At least nobody that, you know, that will do anything with it. So, Well, but, do you think that uh, they could lose a lot of business if this doesn't work out well? Um, because I know Dishonored 2 is like, one of their next games that's coming out um but if that's the case you know could they miss could they actually miss a week of sales um and that's just it i think it'll there'll be like a a one-week window where there'll be some people buying it that were way excited for it but i don't think they're gonna get all that week one business they would have otherwise just because there's probably going to be you know, a bunch of people that were looking at it going, maybe, but I want to wait and see what the reviews say until I pick it up. And then those reviews aren't going to be out for like a week until after the game is out. And I think it's going to hamper their week one sales. Yeah. And what does this even speak for, speak for like pre-orders for them? Like now do. Well, that's the thing. You can still pre-order a game and not pick it up until a week after. Or you can pre-order the game, and then, you know, a week after the review comes out and says it's shit, and you can just go get your five bucks back. That is true. Um, uh, what other parties follow suit? Like, with EA, um, Activision, like, do you think those kind of companies will follow suit if this becomes successful? I don't think it'll become successful enough for it to matter. Hmm. Okay. And although we... Right now... This will go on for maybe the next two or three big Bethesda releases, and then they'll realize they've got a problem and just chuck it out the window and never talk about it again like it didn't happen, like an aborted child. <laughs> well, it's weird that they just actually brought this whole thing up because it's like, well, we know Bethesda don't release a lot of games throughout the year. Um, and by the way that fa- the way Fallout came out, the way that Doom came out and stuff, is that, well, Doom is like, a, it's just a straight FPS. It's, like you said, run of the muck. It's just violent and whatever. So it's depending on what level who's gonna, who's gonna play it. it. It A game like that probably won't take you nothing but a weekend. But something like Fallout, like Fallout 4, you kind of need a week in advance to play that game uh, because there's a lot to do. Um, definitely with Dishonored 2 coming, it's just like, if this is going to be like a stealth game, um, I don't know if it's going to be a more open world, if it's going to be linear or anything like that, you need time for the game. So, uh, and, and... Not only that too, but, you know, looking at Doom, Doom is a remake of Doom. You know, there, there's playing on a big nostalgia factor there that, you know, everybody that loved Doom 10, 15, 20 years ago is going to look at it and go, oh! Doom looks pretty again. I want to play that now. You know, these are all people that already played it and generally knew what they were walking into anyways. And it's not such a big deal there. I think trying to gauge this whole thing off of Doom is a terrible fucking idea. And they actually got lucky that Doom was good. So. Because I, you know. I feel like that was very I risky to give. Like, per se. I, I just think, you know, if they're looking at it in using that as the benchmark for how they're going to run all the rest of this from now on, it's a terrible fucking idea. And somebody at Bethesda needs to get smacked in the back of the head for going, yeah, this will work. Well, shoot, I know some people are just... Their job over this quietly, and we won't hear about it. 
until like six months after. And I know some people were kind of uh, was wondering, like, like because Mafia Three, like, didn't nobody get no review copies, so they had to actually go out and buy the game. I have no sympathy for that either. By the way, you know, if uh, if somebody's sending out review copies and you get a review copy, great. But if you have to go buy it, if you're a big enough media outlet, you know, as far as games review and journalism or any of that goes, that you are at any point being sent review copies, Mm -hmm. you probably have the operating budget to go out and buy that shit anyways. And I have no sympathy for you about it. But But the thing about it is just that. Why would some companies like their PR? They won't come. They want the media to cover their games, give them a good preview and stuff, and then not to send a review copy of that game. Like, if you press hard to set up these interviews, to set up, you know, how the game is in progress, and get people excited, like get some uh, gamers um, excited for your product. And they could do a full-page blast about it, like in Game Informer, or you could go to IGN or GameSpot, whatever. They did a good preview over it, and people are doing some good pre-ordering for it, like digitally or physically. And for you as a company, finally not to send the game to the people that cover your stuff, that's problematic to me. Like, It's it's a big problem, but by the same token... You know, I, I'm sure that there's probably some uh, some politicking that goes into that too. You know, if uh, if maybe uh, a review outlet gave their last game a shit score that might have even been well deserved, there still might be some butt hurt about it. And they go, "Yeah, we don't want to send this to you. If you want to review it, go out and buy it." But you know, that's that's their own problem. You know, all all the uh, all the developer, or the publisher rather, not even the developer. I put this wholly and squarely on the publisher. Yes. All the publisher is going to do is shoot themselves in the foot because it's just going to be that much longer until a review of their game comes out for people to go, oh, this is, you know, decent to good and I should go buy it. So. Yeah. Um, although we don't buy Bethesda's games, and I, I can admit I don't buy their games because I still, I, I completely think their games are broken. Um, I do want to try Doom, so before I say anything more about it for, like, nomination of it's, like, really good. But I'm not into Skyrim. Fallout looks broken to me still. Um, uh, would you still support a favorite company if they did this? Like, if if Nintendo did this, like, with Metroid, would you still, uh, like, would you still support them? And, and I know Nintendo wouldn't do this. Please, Nintendo, don't never do this. In fact, so- Sony and Microsoft don't never do this. Um, you guys are too talented, uh, and you release a lot of great games. D- don't follow suit, but would you support like your favorite company if they did this? If they put out a good product, yes, because I'm still going to buy it because I want to play it because it's a good product. you know. Or if they've at least done their jobs right in terms of marketing and you know, shown me enough to make me go, oh, I'm really interested in that. I will spend money immediately to find out if I like it. You know, that that risk comes with any new game that you buy, really. You know, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, that you're, you're going to be shelling out money on something that you may or may not like. You know, even with reviews galore out, it's still going to be a case of you might find that 
it's not going to be your thing. But, you know, again, it's marketing plays a big part in that, you know, in showing me something that I, I should, you know, should have an interest in or show me why I should have an interest in this. So if they do their jobs right, then I will have an interest and I will spend money on the game happily. Yes. Okay. So, and uh, as professional Amtrak train workers of adult team, <laughs> what would you review this? Like, if you had to give this a review score itself, what would you give it? <laughs> uh, I would give it a dumb point five. And I agree with you. Like, this doesn't get no Yoshi coins. It gets a bag of lint. <laughs> and maybe. Like you can have all the fucks I give. Oh, wait, I'm out. And maybe one, one strand of ramen noodle. <laughs> because this is just ridiculous to me. Like, I, I. Even, like I say, even though I don't buy their games, I think it's a bad policy. But it's their I think company. it's going to be short-lived because they're going to realize they did something stupid, and I don't think anybody else is going to follow suit. Oh, uh, please don't follow suit, nobody. Like, I can't, if you don't... Anybody that really wants, you know, to get the word about their game out there, they will do their damnedest to get their game out there to people to review it, to put the word out about their game. And I agree. And that even goes for indie games. And I like indie games, I can understand that if they really, because it's additional format, if they're going to be like, if you guys want to play this game, you have to buy it on the day it's released. I can understand that because they don't have the resources to send a physical copy of that game out. Now, if they have a digital code that they can email them for them to get the review, I'm cool with that too. But like digital digital titles and indie gamers developers, I could give a pass. But something big as Bethesda, that's to me that's childish, and that's like you said, not a good business plan. I don't even know that it's childish, but like I said, I, I think it worked well for them with uh, the likes of Doom. But again, I think that using that as a as a gauge is a terrible idea for obvious reasons. And I'm sure that they're going to figure that out themselves here real soon. They better do something. So we're going to move on to our next uh, our next topic. Um, it seems that Street Fighter might not be a viable title like it used to be. Um, it only sold 1.4 million today. And now you have to understand that this is between PS4 and PC. Um, it had a botch launch, uh, and I think that hurt a lot of the sales. Um. They expected to sell 2 million copies of this game, and it didn't push PS4 systems um, because Street Fighter V was an exclusive um, game to that system. But like I said, it was coming to PC. So what do you think about this? Like, Street Fighter... First of all, who in the hell is playing Street Fighter on PC is their go-to? Really? This seems, again... One of those things, it's just not all that well thought out, but I, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a, a small handful of people out there, mm -hmm. but not enough for that to be a, a smart thing. I, I think it was stupid of Capcom, but I'm sure that Sony paid them big money for those exclusivity rights, too. Uh, that it, They probably got their money's worth out of it. But as far as pushing their product, I think it was a stupid idea. Well, it, because the full game, like, 
like the story mode was like one match and it was like real quick. Like they felt like people got sent a half-baked game. And even when most of the content was supposed to be released in June, that content got delayed like a week or two later. And it's just like you cannot have an exclusive game be delayed for almost two for almost three months and then delay the delay. This can't. We've been doing that for a decade. It's called The Last Guardian. But we, oh, not the, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you walked into that shit. I did. I I I, I had on my boots and my fur I coat. I totally broke your logic. <laughs> but you can't delay a delay like that. Like, uh, The Last Guardian, we, I understand. Heck, that went from a, a one console generation to another. This is Street Fighter Five. The Street Fighter series had that have like seven iterations of one game. Like I think that's part of the other problem too. I, I don't think I think that some of this issue was the simple fact that Capcom has been doing this for for so long now, where you know anytime a Street Fighter game comes out, I'm sure that there's a huge portion of people that are looking at it going. Yeah, no, I'm going to wait until they release the next one with the rest of the shit in it. Because Capcom can't seem to get a Street Fighter game out with all the content in it, and they can't seem to uh, figure out how to work the uh, the DLC button rather than releasing a new full retail game instead, which is stupid. Uh. Welcome to the Idiot Club. Tell Bethesda we said hi. <laughs> As Larry drinks his champagne. <laughs> you classy man. <laughs> Old bottle straight out. And, and this is the crazy thing. Poke Tournament outsold it. Not a crazy thing. It's fucking Pokemon. What did you expect to happen? Yeah, but I'm just like. If it's an each Pokemon title, it's still fucking Pokemon. Yeah, but it, you would expect that a big title as Street Fighter Five, especially on a PS4, that have all that so, like I guess the number one console this generation, whatever, um, that, that got all these millions of players, and you only did one point four, and that and part of that number had to be shared with PC. Well, I think that. I don't know that Sony got their their money's worth out of that deal. Oh, I, yeah. But I'm sure Capcom got their money's worth out of that deal. I, you know what? I think Sony lost more on that exclusive, and Nintendo got their money back with Luigi's Mansion arcade game for Capcom. I, I, like you said, I'm sure that Sony paid Capcom a great big pile of cash like, it was probably some shady fucking deal that happened with a briefcase in a dank, dark parking lot somewhere with a couple of people in trench coats and someone in the shadows whispering, Sony, is that you? You know, slide the briefcase over. And, you know, like I said, I'm sure they got plenty of money out of it to justify it for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it, knowing that they're cutting their potential install base just about in half because... Fuck PC for Street Fighter. I'm sorry. It's a dumb thing. But I I don't know. I have no sympathy. And I think they did it so they could like be like, well, ha, 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 Microsoft. We got the, up, uh, get the upper hand against you. And it's just like, uh, uh, 
Okay, that that's fine. Oh, we don't get Street Fighter Five because we're still releasing Killer Instinct. People can play Mortal Kombat X and whatever. Um, Nintendo still got uh, Smash Brothers and uh, got Pokemon Tournament. Oh, you guys released Street Fighter Five and it's half baked. Half of the game is here. Wait, mm-hmm. and you played this and you paid for this as an exclusive. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's been a lot of things that impacted the sales of Street Fighter V that just didn't do it any favors. Cut your install base in half and then, you know, piss off your uh, the, the remaining people by the fact that you can't put out a whole game or you can't put out DLC that you're you're going to demand that they rebuy the entire game for a full retail price instead. It's... Capcom's got some stupid business practice when it comes to Street Fighter that, you know, any downfall of this is their own fault. And I have, I won't say I have contempt for them. I just don't care. Like, you can, you made your bed, you can lay in the mess of it now. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it would be sad to see a Street Fighter goes away because I think it, it's I don't been think on. It will. It, it it won't. Um, I mean, it took a long break from Street Fighter three to Street Fighter four, but even, let's be honest, Street Fighter three doesn't really count. Why not? I love Street Fighter three. What third strike? I love. I should say. Yeah. See, I don't think that Street Fighter three or third strike or whatever the hell you want to call it was big enough for it to really matter because mm-hmm. up until Street Fighter four came out. We were all still going back to Street Fighter 2. Heck, we was going to Street Fighter Alpha <laughs> 3. <laughs> it, so. Heck, we was going to Marvel vs. Capcom 2. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> no, like I said, I, I don't think that the series will go away. It's too seminal to disappear off one stupid deal like this. But it just doesn't have, I don't think it just have that power, that oomph, like it used to. Well, and some of that may be just by virtue of the fact that there's not been nearly as long of a hiatus between 4 and 5 as there was between 2 and 4. Okay, that is true. As I look, as you skip 3. <laughs> but Yeah, I'm going to keep skipping 3 because 3 didn't matter. Uh, the third strike is good. I love Street Fighter Three, but it's not that it's not good. It's just you know, in terms of any kind of main mainstay appeal, uh-huh. it's there like uh, like Street Fighter Two was, plain and simple. Yeah, that, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're going to get oh. ask the average schmuck, you know, how great Street Fighter Three is, and they're going to look at you and go, "There was Street Fighter Three." And I'd be like, yeah, because they're they jump to four and five, so you gotta go, you gotta have a three. To be fair, though, that that train of logic still tracks by the simple fact that you know, ask somebody, you know, what did you think of Street Fighter One, and we're, they're all gonna be like, huh? There was a one. Okay, yeah. So let's be honest, their whole numbering schematic is way out of whack, anyways. Shoot, Street Fighter 2 is considered as the Street Fighter 1 <laughs> with the generation, and that's exactly. sad. Exactly. Uh, oh, just wow, just wow. Well, we're going to go get into our last topic, and then we're going to do some plugs, and then we're going to head on out. Um, 
The first official third-party title has been announced for the Nintendo Switch and its Nobunaga's ambition from Kobe Tecmo. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be real curious to see if that's only in Japan. Well, it's good that you mentioned that because um, January 12th will be uh, more official announcements of games, price, and the day of the release of the Nintendo Switch. Um, we would like to, uh, I want, well, we haven't did this, uh, so we're going to give it a little bit of time. So this is probably going to be our topic for next week. But um, what do we want our launch titles to be? And we're going to probably try to come up with 15 titles. So hopefully our very own Caramel Kinesikin, King Canada, uh, Adrian Nieto would be able to The Minister us. of Maple. The Minister of Maple. <laughs> We love you, Adrian, but you are the Minister of Maple. You are our Caramel Connecticut, and we're going to keep continue to call you that because we love you very much. And maybe uh, our Professor Panty Drop, Mr. Tony Zidakakis, our West Coast correspondent. Hopefully he could uh, join in and we could have a discussion about that. Um, but what do you think about this? Uh, I think it's a weird choice for the... Uh the first officially announced game for the Switch to be Nobunaga's Ambition. It's a real peculiar choice. And like I said, I won't be surprised if that doesn't come to the States. Um, In addition, though, I'm way more interested in the fact that uh, Image Inform has officially announced that they are the first indie developer on board to uh, get onto the Switch. Yes. Um, And they're the creators of Ocean Heart, right? Ocean Horn. Steam World. Steam World, okay. Oh, then they're the second. Then uh, the people who made Ocean Horn, I gotta look them up. Uh, I'll let you know uh, next time. Uh, they also are going to be developing for Nintendo Switch. So uh, I really can't wait to see all the indies. Um, uh, Shovel Knight has to make has to be on the Nintendo Switch. Like that's that's just a dango given. Yeah, it's it's got to make it at some point because if they're still working on content for that. Um, I, I can't see them continuing to work and putting it out on the Wii U because, let's be honest, that's got two feet in the grave already, as sad as that makes me. You know, I, I think given what's happened over the last six to eight months uh-huh. uh, with the Wii U, that it's it's probably almost essential the fact that Breath of the Wild is being uh moved over to the switch as well because if it didn't you're just going to end up with the skyward sword situation again where you have a, a really great game that just did not get played well like i said I, I i think it's a good decision that they are bringing it to switch and wii u for breath of the wild in case of people who can't get a switch they still have the option of yeah it. no and that's uh, you know i i would have been equally upset if they had not if they if they had said yeah breath of the wild coming out for our new console only uh and fuck every one of you that bought a wii u in anticipation of breath of the wild right I mean, I, I, I could, you know what? I'm down for letting Breath of the Wild be the swan song of the Wii U, if need be. I have no, I really have it's no problem be. with that. Um, That's gonna be it. For for a first party Nintendo game, yeah. I wonder what would be the no. last. 
going to be it for like everything. Let's be honest here. I mean, well, there'll probably still be some indie games on Wii U before they before they go to Switch, and I don't know what would be the last indie game for Wii U. But for but for as a physical game, I think Breath of the Wild will be the last, and I'm I'm so down I'm down with that. You know, if if that's the last game. That game is probably hopefully take about three to four months to get everything and see and beat. Like I'm still down for that, you know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes of it. I just just give us our Metroid game think, that we want. Yeah, and, you know. And, and I'm sorry, Larry. You might be mad at me, but I kind of won't respond. To work with Nintendo to make the next Metroid after playing Titanfall Two. Oh my goodness! I, I, my mind went crazy on what they could do with that game. Nope, nope. They, they just need to get the AM2R crew. AM2R needs that. That bunch of people needs to be the ones working on a new Metroid game. Would you we'll say- get them and we'll slap them together with the guys that did Axiom Verge. Oh, please don't go. That's there. like the ultimate fucking dream team. Please. No, and on top of that, no, we're gonna make the holy trifecta of Metroid. Fuck you. Um, we're we're getting the AM2R people. We're getting the Axiom Verge crew, and then we're also gonna get Chair, who did Shadow Complex. You we're gonna know. put all three of them together, and they're gonna make the most amazing Metroid No, because I cannot take three days off to drive to Indiana to take my vacation to make sure that King Garbos is in our in that house <coughs> in whatever place that you take me because we're going to bleachers first you know I'm going to get me some good old eats I'm, we're going to go to bleachers first I still got to take you over Smith oh I, yeah, I, yeah I shoot it. that's not the Italian place is it? was it an Italian place no, Smith's is another uh, bar okay. uh, over in Mishawaka by uh, where we work. Oh, we're going to get that Italian food that I miss that Friday. Oh, we're going to go. Yeah, that too. That's yeah. Lido's. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to take three days. I'm going to take three days off. We're going to make sure that we both have that Metroid game. And we're going to probably try to be there three days. If not, we're going to get far. And we're going to eat and laugh and talk. Oh, God. If they put that team together, I will take vacation time from work. And that game will be done in three days easy. Well, you might have to babysit baby Olivia, my god niece, your daughter. Oh, no. I, I will spend the money to get a babysitter so that I don't have to deal with the child for three days. That's <laughs> entirely terrible, but I don't care. Because I would totally just put off everything to play that game if that was the dream team behind it. Oh. Well, let, let us pray that that does happen. Because that, that would be in. Saying, I'm so they down do for that. by Retro as well, because they actually had some uh, some 2D Metroid stuff in the works way back when as well that actually never saw the light of day either. Uh, I I really can't see, wait to see what Retro does for the Nintendo Switch. I I really um, can't wait. I'm telling you though, Nintendo would be real smart if they wanted something easy out the door, you know, like early launch window, mm-hmm. grab them AM to our folks and the rights to that and uh, get that ported over and running on the switch. Bam. That's easy. A $50 game on the switch, ready to roll. That yep. shit is done. I, it needs minute fine tuning and that shit is done. I would pay it. 
I would pay the fifty dollars for that. Uh huh. Damn, Skippy, you would. So, um, do you have a pitch or anything, Larry? Do you have Larry? Here's the pitch, or was that the Metroid game? <laughs> I don't know. I'll give me a minute. I think I just creamed myself thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> but. God. Oh, I just can't, Larry. You know I can't. You know <laughs> I can't. You know I can't. I I can. I would do it. I would literally drive up to your house and be like, "We gotta get food. We gotta get snacks. We got to play this game." Oh God, yes. God, yes. No, I I would bury myself in the theater room with all the lights out and all the sound, you know, turned up, and it, it would be fucking magnificent. But um. No, I I got nothing tonight. I'm just my brain's in about thirty places, but okay. um I I'm really curious to see more of what comes with the Switch. And I think honestly, once we see a little more in January, uh we'll probably see some things that'll make me go, you know, this would be a great idea for that too. But I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth yet because I just I don't have all the information yet. Yes, we all don't have it. So, um, but that's it. That is the show. Um, I'm still now just thinking about that that combination, and I just can't. And it's just like uh, I literally, I'm, I would have to look at my bank account and make sure that I have money at my on my iPads to make sure that I come up there and play that game. Which is just like, oh, it, yeah. Uh, but uh, any plugs or anything? On your um, side? Let's see here. Oh, and um, be, before you get to your plugs, I second uh, uh, Larry's review for the uh, Super Game Boy. No, Super uh, any uh, what was Super it? Boy. The Super Boy. I a hundred percent with him. Everything that he said, he let me play it, and I literally fell in love. He gave me Ghouls and Ghosts, which is like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which is the hardest game. But I, but yes, it, it's the it's the bee's knees. It's it it's it is the four out of five Yoshi coins. Uh, I will give I will give it a five, uh, but I didn't get to play Turtles in Time, so I gotta give it a four out of five. <laughs> but um, it's very light, plays super well, really really good, handles very well. It feels like it does feel like playing the Super Nintendo, and it's, like I said, it's very light and stuff. So I give it a four out of five, and I agree with Larry's review about that about that system. Told you it was a sweet piece of hardware, totally worth a buy. Yeah, but any plugs or anything? Um, definitely uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page. Uh, over the last week, for anyone with an Xbox One, you'll notice that uh, there was a link for a free copy of Borderlands: The Handsome Collection. Um, so you know, keep keep an eye on the Facebook page because anytime I see stuff out there of you know free games, discounts, or cool giveaways, shit like that, I will uh, stick it up on the Facebook page. Um, you know, obviously I, I know we're still about two months out from the calendar flipping over to, uh, 2017, yes. but you know, hang with us till then. Cause, uh, once, once that calendar flips over, um, you know, we're, we're going to start making a, a bigger push for some original content on the, uh, on the Facebook page as well. Um, and also working on another thing that I did not have any time to work on over the last two weeks with everything that was going on. And this week, with any luck, I may make a bigger push to get on that. And I need to talk to Adrian about getting some artwork together for that project, too. Yeah. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. But beyond that, uh, no, nah, I, I got nothing. 
as you guys could hear me hear my show optional opinion on soundcloud uh soundcloud soundcloud itunes google play um you can hear this show world one one on the same things uh definitely uh archive.org do check us out on there um make sure that you um you follow us on facebook on our world one one podcast um i am doing a lot with other uh with other people um team nerd uh dna um but you guys can read my blog's optional opinion on ign.com you can follow me on twitter at that retro code um you can email this show at world one one podcast at gmail.com um we'll check out some of our writers on world one one adrian got a blog up he's been doing some artwork um larry party's gonna be larry's probably gonna be getting some stuff up there i definitely got to be dropping more content on there get some stuff up there uh um hopefully uh because i do have a wordpress so i might be trying to get some world one one wordpress stuff up there um in the future um but yeah check us out uh you know, we thank everybody for listening to the show. Everybody who's been uh, interacting with us, who's been leaving positive messages and stuff, who've been gaming with us. We really do appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, and with that, I believe we will see you guys next time. Oh, um, yes, we will see you next time. Um, I will have a review of Kingsglade. Um, cause I'm going to be watching the Final Fantasy movie, um, kind of like right after this episode, uh, cause I do want to see it. So, um, thank you guys for tuning in. And with that, anything else, Larry, that you got to say before, um, before I, no, I, uh, no, uh, I, I do want to pass on, you know, shout out to, uh, to a couple of other fine folks that have done some great work. Um, you know, make sure you check out Fandom Furniture. Uh, yes, um, we will be having them on the show. I've, I I meant to get in contact with them, and I do. Um, they're down to doing a show on a Sunday, so uh, um, hopefully me and you could get that together. And, That'll uh, take some coordinating and figuring out when, yes. the, when she's not singing on a Sunday. So, And I got uh, to say, they're so down to earth. Oh, you talking about like Jesse? I thank you for me uh, showing, uh, introducing me. Thank you for introducing me to them too, because they are. Um, oh, they are so. They're just amazing people. Like, oh, I, I fell in love with them too. So that, and uh, you know, I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, check out Emperors and Elephants Facebook page and uh, get in touch with them if you can get your hands on their first album, Devil in the Lake. That's absolutely phenomenal too. Go go buy that shit. Yes, I hope I see Jesse um, at the uh, Blue October because I want. Um, it sounds like uh, him and uh, him and Amanda are going to be there, so you're, you're probably going to see him. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, day before Thanksgiving, they're doing an acoustic show out in uh, Fox Lake. There, I know that's a little bit of a drive for you, but it's it's worth going. Oh, I've. Uh... Is it, did you say the day after? I wonder if day before Thanksgiving. Oh, the day before Thanksgiving, which is a Wednesday night. That should be good because I think I'm. Uh, I usually work in the morning, um, and so I probably would be off by the time they get ready to do their show. Um, I just got to play with their new guitar player. Apparently, a 17 year old virtuoso took him a matter of weeks. He had all their old stuff and the new stuff memorized by heart. Is he still in high school though? Uh huh. Ah, yeah. I have to find a venue where they're playing at, and uh, I wonder how. Uh, wonder if I could buy tickets online, or if I could just buy them at the. It's door. a free show. Oh, it's a free show. Oh, it's a free cool. show. Check their Facebook page; you'll find details. 
Ooh, okay. Uh, and then I was just going to see and report back. Because, like I said, Jesse's a great singer, uh, just amazing artist. And I can't wait to hear them for the first time. And then I'll probably, I should wear a Mass Effect shirt, T-shirt. <laughs> 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 Something like that. But once again, we're professional uh, of a train wreck. Uh, but that's the show. We, we sometimes get off a topic and I know we want to end and stuff, but we just like having good discussions sometimes. And with that, everybody, once again, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Uh, like I said, we do appreciate you guys and we will see you next time on World Online Podcast. And we oh, are out. Peace out. Peace out. Go, robot. Go, go, robot. Go. I think that's it. That's it. We're good. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Peace.